0: I am, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. Yo soy Doyla, kuya. I am Mount Mary. Well, today we have a special edition of the I Am Mount Mary podcast. Mount Mary's Voices of Leadership event brings students, faculty, staff, and the business community together to learn from women leaders who are making a difference. The keynote speaker at this year's event is our guest today. April Hansen has gone from small-town Wisconsin to the top of the corporate world. She's given a TED Talk and has been featured in the New York Times and Forbes magazine. And we're so glad she's sharing her insights with us. April, welcome.
1: Thanks so much, Ted. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, well, you gave a really inspiring speech today about finding your authentic self. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but I like the way you started off. You were a little off script, and you said that hearing some of the Mount Mary students' stories really inspired you. Talk a little bit about that.
1: I can't even put into words the emotions that I felt when I was sitting in the audience waiting to be introduced on stage and was viewing the video of how the students incorporated the theme of authenticity into their work in various different courses. Um, anything from the holy bagels to the fashion design and hearing and seeing how deep they dug into themselves and the creativity that they brought forth and then wrapping that into the process of thinking of designing of learning into these projects and sitting there as a as a consumer watching this video um, it, it was honestly it was so overwhelming but it was also so validating because there were little clips of my TEDx that I recorded just a year ago, um, and, and how they took the theme from that, and then we rolled that into this broader theme of authenticity, and how they adopted it, and they made it their own. It was truthfully an experience unlike any other that I felt. I was just overcome with gratitude.
0: Yeah, for sure. The students here are really amazing and inspiring. That always seems to be the impression that people have when they come here. So let's talk about your background. You've gone from being a small town nurse to the leader of a multi-billion dollar organization. Tell us how you made that leap.
1: For sure. Um, I have always loved business and healthcare. And I knew that from a very young age. I became a certified nursing assistant when I was 16 and was working at the nursing home in Peshtigo where my mom worked. And I loved taking care of people. I loved the the vulnerability and the fragility that's involved in human connection when people are in need of care. And so I think at a, at a young age learning that it, it was very, very helpful. And so I pursued a nursing degree, but I also think I started my first business when I was like three, my mom reminds <laughs> me. And so I always had this itch for business too. And I realized healthcare is a huge business, but where would I fit? Would I end up being like a hospital administrator or how would that work? But I think as either luck would have it or just the twists and turns along the way, I took a leap in opportunity and became a travel nurse when I was 22 years old. And moved out to San Diego, California, started working at a hospital there. All told, I, I traveled for many years, worked in eight different states at multiple different hospitals. And I became obsessed with the travel healthcare staffing industry. And so as I wanted to scratch that itch for both business and healthcare In 2010, I made a leap to go fully onto the corporate side. So now I was working inside the staffing companies instead of working for the staffing companies as a travel nurse. And that's really where where this latest um, trajectory of my career stemmed from. So learning the client side of the business, um, learning all of the ins and outs about running a business itself, and really thinking differently. And today in my position, I am the group president of Workforce Solutions for Aya Healthcare, which is the nation's largest um, healthcare staffing and technology company. And we operate the globe's largest temporary staffing platform. So really, really cool experience in digital marketing, um, creating marketplaces, adding new value on a platform Things that I don't even think I thought about when I was a travel nurse and first coming into the corporate side.
0: So you take everything that you've learned along the way and now you're turning it around and helping others with that.
1: For sure. And, and and I would say that I've always loved to publicly speak. I, I started public speaking when I was in sixth grade. I was encouraged by a science uh, teacher that I had in elementary school. Sixth grade for us was still elementary school. And he encouraged me to enter into a public speaking contest. And I did well in it. And I, I realized like, wait a minute, I kind of like this. And I think I'm pretty good at it and I've put a lot of time and effort into getting better at the craft. So I think when someone has an idea to share and they have a message to share and you have the gift and the ability to share it, you should. And so that's really what's guided me to take the learnings in business and in healthcare and as a leader and wrap them all up and, and take them out and, and do public speaking.
0: And one of the things that I found interesting is your, your theme of don't round your edges. Talk a little bit about what you mean by that.
1: When I applied to do the TEDx, you have to go through an application process. Process with the licensed um, independent operator for for TEDx. And I had a totally different idea that I originally put on my application. It was more around um, telling the story of how you go from being a a, you know a small town nurse and and working your way into a a position in a giant company. Um, But honestly, it just didn't feel that inspiring to me. Like I think it is an inspiring story. And a lot of people ask the question, like, how did you do that? But I don't think it's like, oh, you take this move and then you make this move and then you make that move. I think it, what it's more about is maximizing the talents that are uniquely you. And so when I was struggling on how I was going to frame up my big idea to share with the world on TED, I started working with a business, um, a mentor, a speaking coach mentor and a business mentor that I absolutely admire. And we did a 60 minute Zoom call, went back and forth on he was pushing me to dig deeper dig deeper dig deeper and everything that i was saying he's like well how do you show up and who are you right and everything that i was answering back he goes well all your all everything you're telling me april is you're saying don't round your edges keep those spiky thorny things that make you uniquely you and don't let anybody shape those and round those off and i was like oh my gosh there it is that's brilliant And so really, the the concept of it is don't allow the pressures of society, the pressures of others, the pressures of the workplace, other people's agenda to strip away the things from you that make you uniquely you.
0: And you say that fear is what holds so many people back, and you have several different points talking about what those different fears are. Let's run through a few of those.
1: Absolutely. So there's there's kind of six core fears, and um, the fears that I, that I dove in today and the ones that I spent quite a bit of time on, um, I think number one, fear of change is huge, and a lot of times it holds people back because they don't understand the unconscious assumptions that are holding them back from taking action. And so in the speech today, I went through kind of a funny example about myself and was vulnerable with everyone to understand my actions and inactions and my beliefs and unconscious assumptions that are really guiding that. So I think the fear of change is huge. I also think, though, there's a lot of other fears that creep in, and they can all be interrelated. You can have one or, or many. Typically, they arise from experiences in our upbringing, in our early childhood, uh, trauma, trauma. Different things that we go through, how we perceive the world around us, our own mental fitness. And so I think the impact that we allow fear to have um, it is really kind of predicated on the depth of that fear and the control that it has on us. So whether that's fear of intimacy, fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, any of those different pieces, they can show up in our life in different ways. And if you're not Conscious of the fact that they're there and using what you learn from that experience of fear to your own advantage They can end up holding you back from achieving the things that you want to achieve
0: You use the example of putting on a mask that people sort of meld into what they think others want them to be And how does that hold someone back from being successful?
1: Yeah, that's a great that's a great question so I think when you're in a situation and you're experiencing a a low degree of resonance maybe it doesn't feel safe. Maybe you're not in the flow. Maybe you're not vibing in that particular situation, but somebody's expecting you to show up and be something that you're not or be someone that you're not or do something that you're not. That's what makes you feel low resonance. In fact, you're feeling dissonance. You're feeling like this is an unsafe place and I don't think that I'm meant to be here and it doesn't feel good to me. And if it's someplace where you have to be or you feel like you need to be or you can't get out of, you put on a mask and you just kind of mold into being whatever you're expected to be in that moment. But the the harm that's done in that is you're not going to be able to bring your full potential. You're not really going to be able to unlock your creativity. You're not going to be able to contribute in the big ways that would leave your unique stamp or your personal stamp on whatever that outcome or output is. And so I think if we're cognizant of the fact in the times that we're not showing up, bringing our true selves, our heart of hearts, we're limiting our potential.
0: So do you think that uh, a school like Mount Mary with small classes that's women-centric lends itself to helping students find that authentic self?
1: I cannot even describe the experience on this campus. So if you're listening and you haven't been here, you have not interacted, you need to. Um, what I witnessed today in my very short interaction um, here on campus has been remarkable. I was able to go and spend some time with fashion design students that put together a, a project incorporating the theme of authenticity. And these students dug so deep. And not only did they have the, the sort of final product, which is getting to what design they're actually going to get materials for and put together and put in the fashion show. They had to go from start to finish, from mind mapping, from picking out their themes, their emotions, putting that into colors and textures and digging really, really deeply. And I think the the type of learning that teaches you how to think and how to connect all of those dots, that is such an inclusive and beautiful way to approach the world. Because in the work world, what we need is we need people that can really bring that next level of thinking, that can make decisions, that will refuse to compromise their beliefs, their value system, and their character in order to achieve some sort of business out- outcome. They refuse to do that. And instead, they bring those things with them and we end up with better business outcomes. So the the fostering of learning in this incredibly diverse and wonderful, beautiful community that is here on campus is is unparalleled to any experience that that
0: I've had. Yeah, one of the things that we often hear, and we say this a lot, that employers tell us that they can tell the difference between a Mount Mary student and someone from some another university just without even looking at a resume. Just, it's something about it. Maybe it's because here they have that opportunity to find that authentic self.
1: I have no doubt. The light shines very, very, very bright. And the students that I met today... And just hearing, oh, I do this, and then I started this club, and then I'm doing this, and and then they're holding down multiple jobs, and they're going to school, and they have different sets of life challenges and backgrounds, it's truthfully remarkable. And my word of advice to any employers that are considering Mount Mary grads is you will make a very good decision.
0: And what do you think students and faculty and staff here can do to sort of help themselves find this authentic self?
1: I think you have to put in the work. And so it starts with first identifying those fears, you know, really, really digging in and understanding what are the fears that are holding them back? How can they name them? How can they put them in a row and identify them when they show up? Um, And then I also think that it's important for people to take the time to actually write out your values and... I was given advice that values should be verbs. They should be actions instead of, you know, simply having having a noun or something. Um, it, it should really be a verb where you're you're saying like, I believe, I do, I will, and you're at you're making that an action item. And I think taking the time to actually draft that out as well as your personal mission statement and your purpose statement, and then writing yourself a personal code of conduct. Am I acting? in the way that my beliefs are slanted? Does my character display my actions and my beliefs in motion? And how am I agreeing with myself to react to situations that may be contradictory to what I believe and, and to my character and taking the time to do the work is the most important piece in being able to pull out your true
0: authentic self. And you've been talking about this a lot uh, over the last several years, I would imagine. Do you ever still find yourself struggling with some of these things?
1: Absolutely. I don't think we're ever done developing, right? Um, You know, I think that different seasons and even different just states of being can impact these things. So when I've gone through some really, really tough times in my role professionally, had some really tough customer interactions and some other things like that, you can find these unconscious assumptions. That creep back in where maybe we didn't win a bid or maybe we've lost a customer and all of a sudden I'm sitting there on myself feeling like I don't have any value or I don't matter or I'm not worthy. And what I realized is that really is my tend to need to achieve rooted in my fear of abandonment that is coming to play and so when i start to feel that maybe i'm tired right maybe i haven't been in you know optimal physical health or i was traveling and i wasn't in the greatest state of mind when those things when those things start to creep in at least i can give it a name and i can recognize it and then i can decide how i'm going to react to it instead of letting it just sort of run me over and make me believe that i'm not worthy
0: A lot of inspiring words that I hope that people can take to heart and just really sort of focus to find their authentic self.
1: Absolutely. This has been such an incredible opportunity. And really, this is a remarkable, remarkable organization. So thank you for the opportunity to be here.
0: Well, thank you so much. And thanks for joining us. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.